This is the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. Make yourself comfortable and fasten your seatbelt. Tom and his guests are about to share powerful stories, trade business building insights, and have a few laughs. Tom created this podcast to help you captivate prospects and inspire them to act so you can get more clients quickly and easily. That's what powerful storytelling is all about. That's what this podcast is all about. So let's get this party started. Here's your host, Tom Ruich. Hello and welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. Today's episode is called Act Like a Human, Not a Humorless Robot. As always, I'll kick off this episode with a story. We'll go back in time to 2007 when Steve Jobs introduced the iPhone during his keynote address at the Macworld conference in San Francisco. Standing on stage in his blue jeans and that black mock turtleneck, Jobs whipped the crowd into a frenzy by confirming the Apple phone was here. And then it was time to reveal it. Three minutes into the presentation, he said, today, Apple is going to reinvent the phone, and here it is. The room went silent, and that giant screen behind Steve Jobs showed the image of a big white iPod music player with a rotary telephone dial bolted on it below the track list window. The crowd exploded in laughter. It was a funny joke. There's a guy named Peter McGraw who studies humor. He's a marketing and psychology professor at the University of Colorado Boulder. In a column, he said someone counted the laughs in Jobs' iPhone keynote. Steve Jobs' keynote that launched the iPhone clocked in at 0.6 laughs per minute, McGraw said. That's one laugh every 100 seconds. That's better than most professional comics. And according to McGraw, that's comedy gold for Apple. Humor breaks the ice. It builds bonds. It makes you memorable. It earns you trust. It makes you a better leader. It builds stronger teams. It helps the bottom line. McGraw puts it this way. Humor can help brands cut through a cluttered marketplace. A well-executed joke grabs attention, sticks in customers' memories better than most ad campaigns could, and injects brands into water cooler conversation. It also has the benefit of making companies seem more human. I know business people who make me laugh in casual conversation, great senses of humor, great personalities, but when the time comes to write an email or post to their blog or say something on social media, they leave all that personality behind. When they meet with their team at work, they leave all that personality behind. They get so darn serious. Please, put some personality in your copy. Please, reveal your personality in the workplace. You don't have to write a stand-up routine. You don't have to keep score and count laughs per minute. You don't even have to be all that funny. Just act like a human 
not a humorless robot. The more human you are in your business, the more human your business relationships will be. And that's good for your clients, and that's good for your employees, and that's good for you and your business. Which leads us today to our guest, Dr. Heather Walker. She is an organizational psychologist who is the creative founder and CEO of Lead with Levity. She works with small to mid-sized businesses and consultants to help them build human connections with their employees, prospects, and customers so they can lead better and sell more. Dr. Heather Walker, welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. Thanks so much, Tom. I'm happy to be here. We're really excited to have you here. And I wanted to start by talking about something I saw on the front page of your website, lead okay. with, yeah, leadwithlevity.com. And on the, on the front page, you ask a very interesting, provocative question. That question is this, do you remember the last time you had a good time at work? That seems like a great place to start. When was the last time you had a good time at work, Heather, and why does it matter? Yeah, so it's, it's funny, before we even got started today, uh, we were talking a little bit about just what life has been like in the midst of COVID, <laughs> what yeah. life will be like after COVID. I know for me, it's been really interesting because for the first time in my life, I'm working from home five days a week. So I'm a little less uh, connected in the sense that I don't get to see the, my team face-to-face -face every single day anymore in the same way. So it's, it's, it's a little interesting because the first thing that popped to my mind was, oh, my daughter, and, oh, my husband, and, and how yeah, yeah. we banter throughout the day. But, but just a few days ago, I had a really great conversation with one of my interns and I, I'll share it with you right now, if that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. So uh, in addition to running Lead with Levity, I also serve as an adjunct professor for St. Louis University. And I teach contemporary organizational leadership. And in this class, we cover everything from how to set a vision and mission and goals and strategy for your organization, how to empower people and engage people. We talk about corporate responsibility, all of these things. And these are adults who have, who have job experience. They, they come in with so much information already. And I love working with them because, you know, it's, it's not like when you're, you're teaching a class of children and you're just inputting knowledge. Here's what you need to know, memorize this. No. These students are like, well, I had this experience. How does, how does this connect to what I'm doing right now in work? Or I'm about to get deployed. How, how is this going to help me manage my, my team um, out there on the field? So anyways, teaching about vision, mission values, all of that. One of the interns for Lead with Levity also used to be a student in this class. And right now, Lead with Levity is going through a little bit of uh, sort of some strategy conversations some conversations about our vision and our mission and our values and making some little tweaks and things like that. 
And I had a I had a text for this individual and I said, hey, um, I'm working on the vision, mission, values, all of that. And it's really important that I don't work in a vacuum. And I'd love to get your feedback on all of this. So I sent her the document and I said, hey, take a look at it in our next meeting. We're going to talk about it and I'd love to get your feedback. And so she takes it and then she comes back and we have this whole hour long conversation. She shares some really good feedback. We're in alignment on a lot of it, um, which was awesome. And then at the end of the conversation, she just says, you know what, Dr. Walker, I just have to tell you, I was really nervous about this. I didn't know how you were going to react, but I was just, I was excited. I was excited. I, when you told me that you wanted me to look at the mission and the vision and the values for Lead with Levity, I actually called up my boyfriend and I said, can you believe it? My my professor, the one who taught me about mission, vision, and values is now asking me to look at hers and to talk with her. And, and, and I get to work on this for the organization. And oh my, like she was so excited. Yeah. Um, and so we had this, this bonding moment that was really, really cool recently. It just happened a few days ago. So when anything like that happens, I'm always hanging on to it <laughs> for as yeah. long as I can. But uh, that was my recent moment. I had this really great connection with one of my interns who was just really excited about the work and getting to apply what she learned from school to the workplace and, um, you know, thinking about how it actually helps communities as well. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. a great story. And the key, the key phrase there is bonding moment. That's, mm-hmm. what we're talk, that's what we're talking about here, bonding moments, whether it's between a supervisor and an intern or a marketer and a prospect, it's all about bonding moments. And that's right. you, you started the story by emphasizing the fact that it's tricky, it's difficult when we're not face-to-face as much anymore. You know, all of these things that enable us to work at a distance are kind of dehumanizing. A Zoom conference is, by its very nature, not going to be as connectable um, as a face-to-face conversation. So, uh, the I guess one of my questions for you is, is how with all that you do rooted in this idea of connectedness and bond building, how are you finding ways to achieve that when so much of our time is through cameras, not in the same room? Exactly. That is the million dollar question, right? That's that's the question that every manager should be like staying up at night thinking about how do I stay connected with my team, even though I don't see them anymore. And one of my big goals, whenever I'm working with a group is to find ways to help them feel comfortable enough to keep their camera on. And it's such a small thing, but I've noticed that when people start to turn off their cameras, it's, there's a, there's a disconnect there between them and other people and, and the the leadership of that group as well. And I, and I'm, and let me pause anyone who feels like, Oh, I don't want to have myself on camera. I understand. 
And I started this pandemic in the same boat. If I am in a meeting where I don't have to turn my camera on, I'm like, yes, you know, I, I get to sit back here and no one has to see me. But, but that's not good. That's not good for connection. That's not good um, for communication because we can't read nonverbals. I can't empathize. It's really, it's hard. It, and in some ways it's even harder than having a phone call um, because now you have five or six different people in the room and we don't know when to pause. We don't know when it's okay to come in. We don't even know if you're still in the room when you don't have your camera on. So, so that's one of the goals that I have is to first model the behavior that I want to see. So I try to show up in that way for my team. So that's, that's rule number one for me is, is to model the behavior that I want. So if I want to see people, I try to model that. Um, I don't shame anyone if they show up and they're sitting with a window behind them and, you know, it looks like they're in the witness protection program or something. I, I don't shame them for that. I don't shame them if they show up and their house is super messy or the kids are running around. No, sometimes we even bring that into the conversation. Uh, you know, cats, cats love Zoom. I don't know what it is. I feel like um, there's some special connection between cats and Zoom. They love to, whenever you hop on a, a call, they, they come right in and yeah. they hop all over the laptop. And we bring that into the conversation because it's those moments that we didn't get to see before. Now we get to see them and that's a part of the work environment. So it's, it's different. Um, I also like to bring in some, I like to use technology to humanize my communication. Uh, so I don't know if any of you have ever been in a situation where you write an email and you think, okay, I'm just going to hammer out this email. You're typing with purpose and you think it's going to be fine and you send it and you don't get the response that you had hoped for or someone um, you, you have a word in there. That's like a trigger word that someone latches onto and they won't let go of it. And now they can't hear anything else that you've put in that message because you happen to say something about their work ethic or, you know, their style or something like that. And in some cases, you knew that that word was going to trigger them, but you put it in there anyway. Um, what I typically do with email is I use Grammarly's um, tone analyzer. So I don't know if you've heard of this, but Grammarly has a plugin. Uh, I use Gmail, but they also have it for lots of other different programs as well. And as you're typing, it'll let you know, hey, this is what your email sounds like. So back in the day when Grammarly first got started, it was all about grammar and, you know, sentence structure and all of that. Now it can actually take a look at your message and say, that sounds friendly. That sounds formal. That sounds like you're angry. Are you angry? <laughs> this one sounds like you are not as confident. Don't you want to be confident in your messages? I'm like, yes, I want to be confident in my messages. Well, maybe you should change it up in this way. So that has been a really good tool that I've used. Um, and then we can talk about some other tools as well, but I don't want to monopolize the conversation. Well, it, it, it's your conversation. That's a great that's a great tip. And it, it's a really interesting and sort of ironic 
tip, right? Because we're talking about how the pandemic and how technology in general sort of dehumanizes or makes it more difficult for us to make human connection. And yet this artificial intelligence technology, Grammarly, that I know about for just telling me, is the comma in the right place? Did I screw up the grammar? Um, is actually helping you understand, wait a minute, you're, you might be missing the mark on the human connection here. Uh, you may sound angrier than you want or whatever it's going to tell you. That's a really neat tip. And I'm going to check that out after, uh, after we're off this, this episode. Uh, let's back up a step and yeah. talk about the name of your business and the story that led you to it. Lead with levity. Uh, it's, it's such a great business name. It's such an important idea. And it's central to, to what you do in this idea of human connection. How did you come to start a business called Lead with Levity? Well, it all started when I was a little bitty baby. <laughs> no, we're not going to go that far back. Um, <laughs> so I started studying this concept of levity in grad school. Mm-hmm. And I studied it because I was, we were in the middle of a recession. So another sort of global feeling of dread, you know, there's all this stuff going on. It's financial, financial recession. And people were getting laid off and, and bad things were happening. And I was working in HR and, and for the first time in my life, I was taking things like active shooter training because they were worried that employees were going to come back for us. And it just didn't feel that good, you know, and as a student, I didn't even want to leave school at that point. I was like, maybe I, maybe I'm safer. (laughs) Maybe I'm safer in school right now. Um, So I studied employee engagement at the time. And I, after I finished my master's, I said, I want to study something a little bit different because engagement is important. And it's important to have people who are committed to the work that they're doing, who are committed to your organization and all of that. Uh, But there's something missing here right now. There, there's this, this level of, care for people that is missing right now. Um, And we need to to find our way back to that. So at the time, I started looking around, uh, just a little disillusioned with the workplace, trying to figure out where I fit in and how could I find something positive in what I was witnessing. And that's when I, I started to see these pockets pockets as well as people who really helped make the culture just better. So I had a supervisor, for example, um, who her name was Patty and she, she lived up to her name. She was amazing. Uh, she cared about people. She had us doing potlucks and, you know, whenever there was any kind of special life circumstance or situation, she was there and, And we had a family environment within HR, Mm. 30 people, family feel, um, you know, when something happens to you, we're all crying about it because we care so much about you. And that's when I started to think about this idea of human connection and how important it is, even at work, 
It's not okay to just have policies and procedures and, and focus on productivity. We also need to think about the human element of it and how can we do that? Um, so levity was something that was the answer for me because it is what helps us overcome pressure that would pull us down otherwise. So I know a lot of people, when you go to the dictionary and you look into levity, you're thinking about comedy, you're thinking about jokes and humor, um, but there's also the, the root origin, original aspect of it, which is levitas. So there's that float factor, the buoyance, the, the, the positive feeling of it. So you leave this moment and, and this moment is a moment that, that it's positive, it's uplifting, it feels good. And if you can stack moments like that throughout the day, you're going to feel better about your coworkers. You're going to deliver in a different way. You're not, you're not going to be that grumpy person who is out there, you know, here's your fries, <laughs> here's your report, get out of my office. You're not going to, yeah. you're not going to do that to people. And I'm going to even take it a step farther. If you can leave work eight hours, 10 hours, 12 hours, however many hours you work, those are the best hours of your day. If you can leave there feeling good, then you're going to transport that home as well. Um, so, so I do believe that, that this is a way to help families and it's a way to help communities as well. If we can find a way to help people um, thrive at work and not just see them as sort of means to an end, if you will. Yeah, that's beautiful. And as you were saying all of that, I was processing the story you told about or or the reference you made to the cat showing up on the Zoom call. And and I think we've all witnessed it in some form, whether it's a cat, yes. a kid, the the call interrupted. And there are a few different ways that people and organizations respond to that. Some organizations respond to it where the person who had the cat is immediately uh, ashamed, humiliated, embarrassed, mm -hmm. uh, shuts the camera off, apologizing. The supervisor and the people in the room or we were interrupted. No humor. Um, right. The the other way to respond to it, which you were sort of describing is, you know, it's it's what happens? It's the circumstance of our life right now with Zoom mm -hmm. calls and kids at home and pets in our office and all of this. And, and well, I, I, won't, I won't take it from here. You take it from here. And let's imagine that I'm the, I'm the guy with the cat who just shrunk in shame, shut down, was embarrassed, my manager seemed annoyed at me. Um, what are you going to say as a consultant and an advisor and a teacher who leads with levity about how we might respond to that moment in a more productive way? Oh, wow. That is, that is a really good example because it happens every single day, right? Yeah. Uh, if I were on that call and, and it, I think it would depend on my role on that call. If I'm a peer 
or if I'm the supervisor, supervisor, or another leader on that team, or if I'm coming in as the consultant, I, I think my response would be a little bit different depending on sure. my role. Um, but, you know, I, I think that if I were, let's say I'm the peer, you know, and, and this situation happens, I, I would probably shoot my, my coworker a quick message on the side to say, Hey, you know, don't worry about it. That wasn't such a big deal. It's going to be okay. You know, I, I would check in with them. How are you doing? You know, um, I would check in with them. And then privately, I'd have a conversation with the manager to let them know, this is what I saw. This is the impact that it had or seemed to have on that person. This is the impact that it had on me and the impression it left on me. Is that the kind of impression that you wanted to leave? Yeah. And because it's really important that we extend some grace to people in these situations. Um, we don't know what people are going through at home. Yeah. And last year, uh, so the last year, I believe it was last year. I feel like with COVID and everything, time is the like. we skipped. Yeah, I'm constantly yes. saying last year when I meant two years ago. Census. That happened last year, right? (laughs) The census? The census was, yeah, 2020. Yeah. So so right around that time, uh, they also did some research on anxiety and depression levels. Uh Those have been climbing. Um, Yes. So at the time, and this was like June of last year, we were at 40%. Um, and compared to like 10, 11% the year, the, the last time they surveyed. Now, it, it's a huge jump and it, it's to be expected considering what people are going through. And I've talked to several leaders now, high performing, high functioning, capable people who are struggling because they are used to working in an office environment that's very controlled it's a controlled setting. And now they're working at home and they've got babies in the background screaming. They've got Dora the Explorer going on. You know, they've got to make lunch and breakfast and they've got to figure out how they're going to, to teach their kids. Their spouse is trying to have a Zoom meeting as well. Everyone's on Wi-Fi. So the Wi-Fi is cutting out. I'm getting stressed out just describing the situation to you. <laughs> so it's really important that we remember that people are going through things. They're not always willing to share everything that they're going through with us. But if you know what they're going through, you know what their concerns are, take that into consideration and try to extend a little bit more grace than you normally would at this point in time. And where does levity fit? When you you talk about grace, what what does grace look like in a situation like this? And what does levity look like in in a situation like this and, and, and not just the, the story of the cat, but just um, in the virtual workplace generally? That's a good question. So I see grace being something that, that provides an environment. It opens the door for levity to happen. 
So if I can say that it, it is okay. Like I understand that this is not normal for you. I understand that you're doing the best that you can. And I understand that you're giving me everything that you can give me right now. You're not slacking off. You're not um, trying to make this worse than it needs to be. You're not trying to make my life difficult. If you can extend that kind of support to someone, you're opening the door for them to unclench, <laughs> let go a little bit and yeah. be honest with you, be honest with themselves and, and kind of move forward in a more authentic way, which opens the door for levity. So yeah. if you can be your, your authentic self, your goofy, silly, serious, authentic self, whatever that looks like, levity will naturally come out of that. You're naturally going to smile more. You're naturally going to share a joke. You're naturally going to say something that may be a little bit off color, but you're going to try it anyway, just because that's how you're feeling today. And you know that it's a safe environment um, to do that kind of thing. Yeah, that's a that's an important point you made at the end. It's a safe environment. I think that people are reluctant to let their guard down, to tell the joke, to be self-deprecating, to turn that awkward moment into a funny moment. And when you constantly have your guard up and you're so serious and everything is so, mm, 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 you, you, you never, you never able to um, pierce the armor to create those those true human connections. I think that that those who are able to uh, bring levity into the workplace um, are are able to express a little more vulnerability, which is a critical element, I believe. In I agree. I agree. Human connection. So, so for the for the manager or or just the the employee and team member who's hearing this what what tips can you offer what's a starting place for trying to transform an organization from that super serious humorless levityless place into one that is beginning to lead with levity how do you start this journey heather Yes. Oh, so we typically start with an assessment of where, where you are, uh, what your climate looks like. And, um, we collect feedback from employees because every single team is different and what works for your team isn't going to work for another team. I, uh, had someone on, on my podcast a while back who his organization, they wear bear suits full head to toe bear suits and that's their thing, but that wouldn't work in another organization. It works really well for them though. Um, you know, there so are when companies. You, when you say bear suits, how many people are showing up to the office in bear suits at this place? They, they get them at orientation. They get a custom made bear suit and uh -huh. then they show they, it's a remote workplace for the most uh -huh. part. So they show up on teams with their bear suits on. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's it's a thing. They love it. And I think that's cool. I <laughs> I, I had another guest. Uh, they had a special stuffed animal that they would pass around the office. It was like a raptor, a velociraptor. And they had a special name for this little guy. And, you know, so every group is a little bit different depending on who's in that group. <laughs> That'll change the makeup a little bit. But we, we typically start there. But if you can't do all of that stuff, I, I would start with yourself. So as the leader, you set the tone. You set the tone for what is allowed and what's not allowed in that organization, what's going to be rewarded and what's going to be punished. So you have to start with yourself and you have to ask yourself, am I safe to be around if someone starts making jokes or if, if someone is trying, like, am I, am I safe to be around for everyone, all of my employees, not just my favorites. So that's important too. I'm, I'm not just, being, giving preferential treatment to some people and, and not others. So starting there with some self-assessments, some self-reflection, that's really important. Um, and then one thing that you can do as a leader is not, you don't have to be the clown. You don't have to go out there and tell jokes because that's not what it's about. When you think about some of the funny moments that you've had at work, it wasn't because there was some stand-up comic out there with a microphone <laughs> just right. giving one-liners. No, it was it was conversations, great conversations that you had with people, and they took really interesting turn. And oh wow, I just had this fun moment with this person. It's a little bit more organic. So it's really important for you when those organic moments happen to celebrate them, yeah. participate in them, and encourage them. So if it's someone posts something on Slack and they post a fun GIF and someone's doing something interesting on that picture, give a thumbs up, star, high five, something like that. Show that, that you are okay with it so that it will continue. Otherwise, if you show disapproval or something like that, it's less likely to happen. So it's just basic, reinforce the behavior that you wanna see. Um, and withhold attention from the behavior that you don't want to see. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. And you're focusing first on the internal dynamics, the team building, the, the culture of a business. But how does the work that you do in instilling levity into the workplace translate to customer relations and marketing? How, how important is it to lead with levity in a company in order to build the business? So one thing that's really interesting um, right now is we, so you know, we live in a global economy uh -huh. and gone are the days of, I live in my town, and I know Jim Bob over there has a grocery store and Joy, she can sew some really great dresses and suits. And I go over here for my haircuts. It's not like that anymore. You can't just open up the yellow pages and see, okay, these are the only options that I have. Now I can go and I can work with someone across the globe to do the same service that I, that I would get from someone in my town. 
So we're competing on a global level. And if you go out there with the same generic, boring, bland stuff, you're not going to differentiate yourself from your competitors. There are plenty of people out there who um, see business as very serious. Business is serious, right? And, and they have very formal communications and all of that. And they're big shops, big companies. How are you going to compete with them? Uh-huh. Well, there, there are lots of ways that you can compete with them, but one of those ways is through your culture. And if you start to see your culture as a competitive advantage and you see levity as we come in and it's fun to work with us, you're going to enjoy this experience. We're not just going to give you a report. We're not just going to help you with your marketing. We, you're going to actually leave feeling better than you did before you even started working with us you're more likely to attract new customers and retain the customers that you already have. Yeah, I I think that's great. And it's not because you're making your customers laugh. It's because you're practiced at building human connections with other other humans. And the the more you're able to build those human connections, where levity is a means to that end, the the more that you will connect with prospects, close deals, and retain customers, lifetime relationships with customers. You know, the, there's a saying in marketing that you know the 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 marketing, the pitch, the the product itself might get the customer in the door the first time but it's the human relationship that you establish with your customer that turns them into a lifelong raving fan. And, mm-hmm. and so what, what you're bringing to the table, starting with the internal communication and the culture building really translates in important ways to business building, sales, marketing. And, I just think it's it's a critical idea for businesses to understand. In, in story power marketing, we talk about story discovery being all about empathy, all about understanding your prospects, listening to them, building human connections with them so that you can reflect their story back on them and they understand that you understand them. And that's how you ultimately make the connections that that sell. And so many of the things that you're bringing to the internal culture translate to those very same processes. So um, I, I think it's awesome what you're doing and I think it's important. And uh, so how do people find you? How do people who want to lead with levity uh, begin that journey with help from you? You can find me at www.leadwithlevity.com. And you can also check out my podcast there as well. That's probably the best and simplest way (laughs) to find and connect with me. Okay. So I'm going to repeat that leadwithlevity.com and the podcast, which you can find on the website as well as uh, Mm -hmm. if you search for it in the various places, iTunes and so forth, you'll Uh, you'll track it down. Heather, any parting thoughts before we call it a day? Um, One thing that I forgot to mention earlier is 
how levity helps us build rapport. Uh-huh. And I was just reflecting on some conversations that I had with a couple of my guests. One was a lawyer, Philip Argy, and the other is an FBI agent who helps turn um, domestic spies. And his name was Robin Dreek. And both of them spoke to levity being the, the sort of the, the social lubricant that they use to build rapport with people, to break the ice and, and to get in there. I mean, if you're talking to someone who is upset, angry, <laughs> or who is not on your side at all, uh, you've got to find a way in. And sometimes that in for you is through humor, when you're able to make light of the situation that you're in or point out something that you have in common, um, that can really help. So. I think that what I want to leave your, your viewers and listeners with today is that it's really important that we find ways to connect with each other in more meaningful ways, whether we're in person or, you know, doing this through Zoom or some other kind of medium. That's how we're going to get through this together. So. Um, find ways to connect, be more human, not more robotic. Um, I really appreciate you all. And Tom, I want to thank you for bringing me on to your show. Yeah, thank you. Dr. Heather Walker, leadwithlevity.com. It's been great. So many insightful things. I'm going to go back and listen to the recording and take notes. I encourage all of you who have listened through this far to do the same and then go check out leadwithlevity.com and connect with Heather Walker. So thank you so much, Heather. We'll see you down the road. Take thank care. you. listening to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. If you liked what you heard today, visit storypowermarketing.com slash resources, where you can sign up for Tom's entertaining, informative, must-read emails, download free business building resources, and discover other opportunities to help you harness the power of storytelling. That's storypowermarketing.com slash resources to help you captivate prospects, inspire them to act, and grow your business with greater ease and joy. Also, please remember to subscribe to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Sometimes I find